Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Okay. We barely Very talked good. about any Solid. football. Catch we barely talked about any football on yesterday's episode, did we? And it was a review yeah. of the week, and we talked mainly about Susie Quattro. Yeah. I mean. And like, Nelson Piquet. I went to fungi. I went to West Ham. I was absolutely gutted. I don't know if you watched it on the box, but I felt we were unlucky. City came. I was good. I was good because I predicted one-one. Yeah, City came Fuck and did a smash hell. and grab on us. And uh, yeah. fair play to that. Not City Palace. Uh, fair play to them. But it was really upsetting. Me and Len went, and then we had a re- really long, complicated journey home, which is always a bit distressing as well. Off the bat, yeah. if you've won, you don't give a fuck what happens, do you? Do you know, do you know what I mean? No. Like it's no, an incredible thing seeing your team yeah. win because if you win, anything could happen. Yeah, it could take due to silly police cordons. It can take an hour for you to get to the station and the trains might be delayed and it you might mm. be starving and blah, blah, blah and all the other things, right? Any complication doesn't fucking matter. You know, I've been to away doesn't games matter. where you've like missed the train and had to fucking go some insane route home or whatever. Doesn't matter if you've won. Nothing can touch you. If you've lost, everything is a fucking nightmare, isn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And especially to lose like that. It was a really in the manner that you yeah, did. It was, it was, yeah, it was. You're right. It was a really horrible way. And it, but the thing is, it's a lesson learned because I felt that West Ham felt they were comfortable all the way through the game because I thought we looked like the better team. We dominated possession, created quite a few yeah, chances, well. and so we went one nil up and thought, ah, oh, yeah, we'll just see this out now. No, it's not the way it mm. works in the Premier that, League, that's, lads. That, that's that's almost a reflection of your attitude to West Ham this season. Yeah, it you've is. expressed on this podcast many times. I'm the living your, embodiment your claim, of West Ham. Yeah, well, yeah, your claim that you were going to go 37 games unbeaten after the first match, I and know. then uh, that's all falling away, hasn't it? I know. But, yeah, so know, I'm really. Not, I'm not. Fit, uh, to be honest, it's spilled over into the week. I'm feeling the week's got off. I just feel glum, I feel glum and anxious today, and I think that that's. I think it was all triggered. I was in a great mood and had been for weeks. And then it all went wrong mm. as of Saturday evening. I've been feeling bad. And I'm not saying it's all because of West Ham, but I'm saying that I think it was the catalyst for a series of other emotions, thoughts and feelings yeah. that are now plaguing me. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Sunderland, fucking hell, we lost 2-0 at Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, in one of the most ineffective, spineless, piss-poor performances I've seen from us. And, you know, we're not looking like we're even going to get in the playoffs of League One this season. Seriously, so do you think it's time for a managerial change now? Yeah, totally, totally. Are you fed up with him? Totally, because, yeah, I mean, you know, we need someone that can... On paper, we've got a team that should be able to be in the top three, top four of this league. And we've we've lost a couple of recent away matches in the same manner. We've just been outplayed, outfought, bullied. Mm. And, you know... 
you, we've got no divine right to not be in this league, but at the same time, we've got to realise that we're going to be a big scalp for all, for yeah, teams in League One. Tougher. So we've got to be we've got to be up for it and at it from the first minute. In yeah, each you're game. you're effectively and the Manchester City of League One. Yeah. So you yeah. cannot fucking go to sleep. Um, yeah. So who do you want? I tell you, I met on uh, Friday. Top top blokes chatting about something was Martin O'Neill. Uh, oh, right, yeah. And I was wondering what you thought of him because he. I know people always say, "Oh, when they join a club, they go, oh, <clears throat> I support this club when I was a boy.'" And you always say, "Yeah, bollocks, whatever." But he yeah, really, yeah. he really did grow up oh, as did. a Sunderland fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That at the time it felt like that was going to be the dream ticket for us. Yeah. It was going to be perfect manager at the right time, um, and it just never worked out for him. Do you think it was um, was it his fault or was it because he wasn't getting the dough he needed? Bit of both, I think. Hmm. Bit of both. But it just never worked out. But I mean, there's been there's been rumours that Sam Allardyce will come back. Oh yeah, which you is love odd him, one. don't you? But we've we've got we're supposed to be getting taken over by Sir Michael Dell, yeah, the owner of the Dell Computer, yeah, who's the twentieth richest fella on the planet, yeah. Um, I think once that takeover happens, Jack Ross will get the sack and someone will come in. But you need to put someone in who's got a Premier League kind of outlook. Someone who you know when uh, Fulham. Got the Alfayed money and they brought in Keegan. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, the the only that. time I can think of a club being that ambitious that they were down there in the third tier, but they got mm. a, a superstar manager and he brought them all the way up. That's Keegan yeah. at Fulham, and I think that Keegan's the man for you. <laughs> <laughs> Toon legend, Kevin Keegan. Possibly not. But yeah, someone like that, some where you you're not considering about just getting out of League One, you're thinking ahead to getting out of the Championship because like, it's financial like, fair play. So you can't spend shitloads of money on players now. You've got yeah. to do it in other ways. You've got to do it by improving the scouting, improving the youth development, getting in a manager who's going to be able to do it on a reasonably tight budget. And financial fair play is out of order, though. It's disgusting. It's, it, it's a rule it? designed yeah. to keep clubs sick. in their place. It is. It's stupid. Mm. It's like. It's basically saying we want to retain the order. It's like the way that posh people, posh people from old money, despise. Mm. They have a they have a sort of a, a strange condescending affection for the working classes, right? Yeah. But they despise the nouveau riche, right? Because mm. they feel the nouveau riche are moving in on their territory, and that's what's going on in football. It's the same. It's a, there's a sort of a feudalistic system. And it's like the big clubs are the big clubs. And they think that it's ghastly for any of the smaller clubs. And obviously, I'm not really mm. including Sunderland in this because Sunderland aren't really a small club anyway, but they are in a bad situation at the moment. To like have some benefactor come in and almost fast forward them and give them money. So, no, they don't deserve it, right? Mm. It doesn't matter. Let them, because if not, clubs will... Ju- if you say you have to spend within your means, then smaller clubs... A, gu- a good example is QPR, who are small. They've got a small stadium. You know, they've got a loyal fan base, but it's a small stadium. And they got done because of Fernandez was trying to dream a bit bigger and invest some money. Yeah. And they were said no. And now that, and then they were given like punishments and penalties for it to keep them in their place. It's stupid. Mm. Sunderland should be allowed... If Sir John Dell wants to fucking take over Sunderland and bung in, like, you know, 100 million quid to spend on players yeah. and a top coach, he should be able to. Because if not, yeah, you know, what can you do? Well, that's it. I mean, we're lucky because we get 30,000 in the gate every week, so yeah. we'll have a bit more leeway in terms of what the, what the turnover is. But, um, 
I know, we'll see. The, the, the takeover might not happen. It's been mooted now since... I know, I remember when we were on tour, which was a month ago, and you were, you were, yeah. you and all the lads in Sunderland were absolutely delighted. You yeah. thought it was all happening. But a month so we'll later, I mean, we've all, all been gone out. quiet. We've all been out and bought dull laptops. I know, I and, remember. You know, you, we're going to have to get refunds You're all them. Dell mad. You were fucking selling your yeah. Apple gear. Fucking Apple. Yeah. Lord of shape. Fucking Fuck London shape, that is. You want to get a Dell, you man? Know, the, get yourself a Dell. The fucking met them in fucking factories in China and all the workers, they're all killing themselves because it's so bad. I hate Apple now. I love Dell, though. Dell, they make that. They make that up the road. They make it on the old Probably. Nissan site. Aye. Aye. All ethical and everything. Aye. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, and, and the other big football. football news, of course, uh, the weekend. It was a weekend of surprises, what with Spurs getting battered and City losing and all that stuff. <laughs> but... Uh, Lots of people tweeting us about the prospect of Roy Keane becoming the new Millwall manager, oh, which is quite, yeah. t- which is confusing and tantalising, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, well, for me, I'm not. I'm indifferent about Millwall, so mm. I'd welcome that. I'd, I'd, to be fair, even more so than Sam Allardyce, I'd love Roy Keane to come back to Sunderland. Oh, that'd be great. But it would have to be the 2006 vintage of Roy Keane where he got us out of the championship at the first attempt. They should have. I'm not sure he's the same man anymore. We've said this before, and to be fair, I think you were the first one to say it. Manchester United should hire Roy Keane as their manager. Or, if not as manager, give him a bigger job. Make him director of football. Mm. Make him like the sort of man to infuse the culture, which is what United are lacking. The culture of excellence. Cultural director. Yeah. The, the truth is, even though they've sort of fallen out over the years, Roy Keane is the closest thing there is out there to fucking Alex Ferguson. Yeah. In terms yeah, of totally. his sort of focus, his commitment to winning, mm-hmm. you know, his mm-hmm. unwavering <clears throat> fucking, um, you know, insistence on excellence. Give him it. Did you see the thing about Solskjaer's uh, average points since he got the job permanently in March? No. Averaged out over a season, it will be a 40-point season. It's a relegation battle but All stuff. I would say about Solskjaer, because a lot of people are, are coming out with all this stuff now and saying he was an awful appointment. All I would say about him is it's very hard to judge because United's team and squad is shit, right? It's an average, yeah. it is a mid-table team, right? Because what they've got is they've got a couple of stars, which is Pogba maybe when he's on form and Rashford, who again demonstrates He's like overrated. good form Rashford's uh, sporadically, right? But that now, that's like any <clears throat> Premier League team. They've all got a couple yeah. of match winners, you know, right down to the fucking lower teams. You always look at the lineups, you think, well, yeah, it's an average team, but they've got a couple of players who, if, if they're on form today, could win it, right? That's the, If you want to be a top team, you've got to have 11 of those players, right? And then another 11 in reserve. United are nowhere near, and that is because of severe mismanagement from the day Ferguson left, and arguably even a bit before that. They've just fucking they they their their squad is just a joke, sort of like mismatch of players, and that is and it's obviously the only consistent theme since they went shit, which was from the day Ferguson left, is this fella Edward Woodward, the fucking mm. equaliser, right? He's 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 the one who you can see just by looking at his face he hasn't got a fucking clue, you know. And so they've hired managers before in Mourinho and Van Gaal who've got a tremendous fucking track record of winning everywhere they yeah. go. And if even they arrive and the team is still they can't do anything with it, you can change managers. They get rid of Solskjaer, fine. 
But who do they get in? Fucking Pochettino, Allegri. They're still going to have to deal with a fucking midfield that's got Fred McTominay and a couple of other cunts that I've never even heard of. Yeah, but with the the likes of Fred, were they brought in by Jose Mourinho, you know, against his will? I don't fucking think so. Mourinho's had the say over who he brought in. He got them a second in the Premier League two seasons ago. So, you know, you don't become a terrible, terrible team just overnight like that. But, you know, Soskia's not the man. It's not the answer. It was a nice romantic thing to do at the time. And it was that kind of thing. Let's get back to basics and get the the spirit of United. But whoever's the manager needs like two, three transfer windows to make a team. No one's going to take that team. Even if you're the best fucking manager, like Guardiola or Klopp could not take that team and make them a top four team, I don't think. You know, they've got to rebuild that team. Like all the way through, they've got to replace yeah. the players they've already sold, and then they've got to continue and replace them more. Whereas Ferguson, he built an initial team that won the league, which took him about five years, and then after that, what he did was it was just gradual. There was never big surgery. It was just a couple of new players introduced every year and a couple out, and that's how he yeah. did it. And that's not now. They are back where they were when <clears throat> Ferguson took over from Ron Atkinson, and he had to get out all the dead wood. And fucking sign Steve Bruce, Chucky McClare and Big Pally. Yeah, but don't, you know, don't sell Lukaku and then don't replace him. Yeah, exactly. With someone else that's going to score goals because, you know, that's fucking ridiculous. But, but that, can't have been, uh, that can't have been Solskjaer's choice. He couldn't have said, I think we should sell Lukaku, but not replace him. <laughs> I think he sold Lukaku and then thought, let's go and sign someone. And they just didn't fucking get round to it. He can't do everything, can he? Well, he's a little fella, I suppose. He's only small. Yeah, he is. Um, um, I've got another fact for you that I made mention of in yesterday's episode, but I just want to get it yeah. out now. And but forgive on. me if you've heard it, because I've, I'm told my wife told me it because my son was doing homework about Pompeii, and right. um, I was explaining to him how you know the people in Pompeii were preserved by the molten ash in whatever activity they were doing. And my mm. wife did a psst and called me into the kitchen because she heard the discussion. And she called <laughs> she called me in to tell me. I thought she was going to tell me I was doing the homework wrong with him, which yeah. was quite possible that I'd been giving him misinformation or something. It's the fucking cat's turned up again. Fuck off. I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> what? He's looking. What? <laughs> I'm doing the podcast. You know about that. Have a little rest, and then I'll stroke you later. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is at the time the dog. The dog came upstairs to watch me do the podcast. I know. It's and he's, he's never bothered since. He realised it was ridiculous. He, he didn't, doesn't come up anymore. He didn't like it, probably. Oh, who are you talking to? It's like if an it's like this if a, uh, an, an animal catches you on the toilet, or even worse, having a wank. Yeah. Speaking of wanking, that's what I'm talking about. She called me into the kitchen and she told me that oh, one right, of yeah. the people in Pompeii um, was uh, wanking when it happened. Right. And I didn't believe her, and she showed me the picture. And there is a picture of some oldie-timey Pompeii yeah. resident Fella. lying on his back, clearly out. masturbating, but preserved mm. perfectly in molten lava. That you see, you're surprised by that, or you didn't believe it. Why would that surprise you? I mean, what was the population of Pompeii? I don't know what it was, but statistically speaking, the chances of someone having a wank in Pompeii at any given time would be pretty high, surely. 
I suppose in the old days, people probably wanked more because there wasn't PlayStation or iPhones. Yeah. So you had less to do. If you think, what could you do in those old times, which were hard because everyone was skin and probably dying of Mm. weird illnesses? What could you do for entertainment? Not one out. Not one out. It's the only option. Now I've got loads of other options. That's why I hardly ever not one out. I mean, I'm 44. You can't be triggered. I'm too old for it anyway, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not judging anyone else who does it, but in my opinion, I sort of think, no, it's undignified. I'm, it's I'm a, too, degrading I'm, outrage, it's, isn't it's it? It's degrading, exactly. <laughs> it's degrading. A man of my age it just cannot be like, you know, I'm in the house on my own. I'm going to have a wank, right? <laughs> um, but plus, if I'm bored, there's so many other options. So anyway, yeah. she showed me the picture. It's tremendous and I'll share it. But I, she said to me quite a lot of people already know it because the BBC reported it yeah. a couple of years ago. But did you know it? I didn't know it, but mm. I'm not surprised by it. No. Put it that way. And also as well, if you listen to this episode and you're using it as a masturbatory aid, <laughs> fucking pull yourself together. God's sake. Listen, Get if you want to have a wank, have a wank. And whatever you are, man, woman, gay, it. straight, whatever. Jalapeño. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. Oh, actually, I am interested in any bisexual cunters listening. Um, right. Did you say biosexual there? No, bisexual, not biosexual, <laughs> okay. like biological. We're all biosexual. Bisexual um, wankers. What, what, do, right. what do you, how do you mix it up in terms of, Yeah. like... What's the What's the ratio? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. What's the ratio? <laughs> Uh, how What's your trigger it, ratio? Uh, yeah, exactly. You exactly. That's it. That's. It. I mean, I, I can't elaborate any further. Andy's put it as bluntly and as succinctly as possible. What is your trigger <laughs> ratio if you're officially bisexual? I know it'll be different for send all of a, you, but let's do a straw a poll. List. Get in touch. Yeah, yeah. send us. Send or us your, your wanking over the course of a week or two. Um, and if you're still in your 20s or 30s, presumably that's quite a lot of wanking. If I audited yeah. my wanking over a week or two, there'd be nothing there. But yeah, um, yeah. Or, or, or audit it and be very honest about what the triggers were uh, <laughs> or mm. the mental imagery that you used, and send it over. It's all it's all yeah, for thanks. scientific research purposes. I mean, this this podcast is increasingly becoming about facts and science. I mean, yesterday's episode was entitled "We Love Facts Now" because you know we do. Yeah, we just want a higher quality of facts, just better facts, and wank facts, platypus shit. facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking both joint together if we can yeah 
Um, we've got some letters to read out, yeah. emails, that, all yeah. that sort of thing. <clears throat> um, this is one from Steve, who describes himself as an IFS, so automatically you get top of the pile. Um, vigilantes, he says, because we asked about vigilantes mm. a while ago. Mm. Uh, when we were kids, preteen, we were all part of a self-titled group known as Junior Firebeaters, <laughs> led by a, led, led by a guy in his early twenties. Fucking hell! This wasn't strange to us, and as we never mentioned it to our parents, it never raised any eyebrows. Um, so you, you've got these kids who are led by a fella in his twenties, and they're called the Junior Firebeaters. During summer holidays, we used to tour fields and open country next to our town looking for random grass fires and putting them out with our fire beaters, which were a square of carpet nailed to a length of two by two. (laughs) We spent a great summer finding grass fires and putting them out, never questioning the spirit of random fires. Only towards the end of summer, when we arrived at our usual meeting place at the back of the leader's house, the 20-something fella, and we saw the police panda car, did we start to get suspicious? Turns out that him and his younger brother were out most mornings, setting pieces of grassland on fire for us to stumble across and extinguish. Fucking <laughs> hell. Setting it so up. So you've got this fella. He's, he's, he's a fucking pyromaniac. Yeah. He's going round in the morning with his brother, starting fires, waiting for these kids to come along with their homemade fire beaters to put them out. And who knows? He might There might have been some wanking involved as well. I'm not sure. But it says, uh, we never saw him again, and his family moved away a few months later. Fucking so hell. So that's one of the most curious stories that we've had in. Like a weirdo uh, story, an extra, yeah. An extra, yeah, local weirdos and vigilantes. Extra bit as well from Steve. Um, this is my favourite date fail, he says. One of our guys, I don't know what he means by our guys, maybe he's one of the junior firebeaters, um, is out on a date at an Italian restaurant. He gets asked by the waiter if he'd like parmesan cheese on his pasta. He says, I'll just take the cheese, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't see him again. No. Um, we've been sent our, what I believe is our first poem. It's quite oh, long. Right. It's quite long. So feel free to stop and intervene at any point to pass comment. Or just, okay. or just say, I'm bored, end this. It's from Michael Goodill, and it's entitled Dis and That Poem, Ode right. to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hang on. He goes, hello, pussycats. Mike Goodill here. I'm a bit late with a holiday story, but hey, relax. It's no problem. I make it into poem instead. Enjoy. Drink it in. You Use slow rap beat if it helps. No, we're not going to do that. Ode to Turkey. <laughs> Arrived in <laughs> you Turkey. You do it. Arrived in Turkey. Now, where's our cab? Taxi? What taxi? He began to gab. The one I booked. Look, here's the reference. Reference? No reference. It'd make a no difference. Mm. Doesn't quite scan. So, he plucks three numbers out of thin air. It's number 647. It's over there. A taxi park the size of a small city. What? You can't find it? Ah, oh, that's a pity. Actually, I'm hearing it's on its way. Just one hour late, but that's okay. So eventually we all pile into the cab, which stops off halfway for a quick kebab. Now, this is one of those situations where I'm not sure mm. whether he really did stop for a quick kebab. No, or that, that, that Mike, feels like poetic license, that, Mike doesn't it? Mike has thought, well, it's convenient yeah. that kebab share, shares with cab. Because that, that would be a major thing. I mean, we've had a lot of this and that. Yeah. But if someone literally just stops and orders a kebab, so, whatever. Mm. I'm a bit sceptical anyway. about that, Mike. Ah, English, sorry. The car is broke. Uh, as he wanders off to have a smoke. 
Don't worry, pussycat, I hear another bloke say. Relax half an hour, then I take you rest of way. So at last we arrive at our hotel. I do you good deal, upgrade as well. Instead of two rooms, just one to share, but adjoining doors just over there. I appreciate the offer, don't really want to spoil it, but the dad-in-law and I ain't sharing a toilet. So he was on holiday with his father-in-law. Hmm. Ah, but better room, great balcony view, a satellite telly and a B-Day too. I'd rather not. I'd rather not, in a Lampard voice. Now find us the separate rooms. It's not a choice. But we are overbooked. We have none spare. You better find one now, because that just ain't fair. Oh, Fucking hell, it is long, isn't it? Yeah, my Lampard won the day as we got two rooms, looking (laughs) over a car park with its petrol fumes. Going down to breakfast the following day. Hey, kids, there's pancakes. Hip, hip, hooray. But it wasn't too long before Lampard appeared and the ranting began just as I feared. Just look at him, I heard myself exclaim. He's just taken about 20. What in God's name? And the reply that came from within his eyes, Hey, relax, pussycat, was not a surprise. It, no, it got, you're right. It is. I'm stopping there. It goes on for so long. <laughs> And, Mike, I appreciate it, and you've obviously put effort into it, but it's like we say to all the cunters, that's your fucking lookout if you're going to put a load of effort in something where you know that we don't read many things out, especially things that are long. So, yeah, don't blame us, blame yourself. It's quite long, and in the end, it's like, I don't know, it's not eventful enough. It's pretty no. standard this and that in. The car didn't turn yeah. up. There was a confusion it, it, over it, room bookings. Yeah. Yeah, if if you'd sent that in just as an email... It wouldn't have uh, got anywhere near being read out, but because you've put it in a poem, we've, we've given you the us. benefit of the doubt, and we've he has tricked uh, we've us. gone with it. But um, there's an email here from Harry uh, Hainstock, um, and it's to do with you talking about doing Len's homework with him. Oh yes, and, and, yeah, and whether uh, you should do adding, insert banter, adding, adding the banter to it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry says, I had a similar situation when I started secondary school. I just moved in with my dad and he was fairly determined for me to be different. While, quite frankly, I couldn't think of anything worse. So the dad is basically trying to live vicariously through his son Mm. by imposing some kind of quirky personality on him that the son doesn't want. During year seven, after the first day I had off ill, my dad handed me a sick note, which consisted of a full page of A4. It started with, Harry has been off school, as he is lazy, idle, and good for nothing. Mm. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking hell. Uh, I think uh, Harry uses that word about his dad a bit later on, yeah. yeah. He says, I don't think I was able to read, remember any more of the letter through sheer embarrassment, but I assume it was filled with similar tripe and attempts at banter. Uh, it turned... Oh, here we go. This is, It all makes sense now. It turns out my dad had dictated this letter while his young, recently graduated girlfriend typed it out while they shared a bottle of White Strike cider together. <laughs> oh, no, it's painting so quite it's, a, a bleak picture, isn't yeah. it? It's a very bleak. It's divorced dad. Uh, yeah. He's on the white side. He's got a young uh, student girlfriend. Uh, mm. If I'd been any older, I would have 100% discarded the letter and forged a brief note. However, having only been at the school a few months, I was too scared to flout the rules and risk getting caught. Therefore, I had to hand the note to my form teacher, who looked extremely confused for a good 10 seconds before giving me a sympathetic expression and telling me to sit down. <laughs> so the teacher's read it and gone, oh, yeah. mate, I'm so sorry. Your, your, dad's, your dad's a, dickhead, a prick. Yeah. yeah, you know, just just sit down. We'll forget about it. Later, my dad asked me how the letter had been received. Of course he did. Expecting it to have gone down a storm. 
knowing if I was able to shut this cuntish parroting trait down mm. at that moment, he may not do it again. I told him bluntly, uh, yeah, she didn't really get it, Dad. He was gutted. The silly, pompous cunt. Um, <laughs> late- <laughs> Later in my school life, about year nine, my dad asked me to ask the same teacher if she wanted any veg from his newly acquired allotment. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. His allotment that he visited once and left overgrown till someone else took it over. Needless to say, I learnt my lesson and never passed the message on. So I think it, it, the dad fancied this female teacher, even though he had a young student girlfriend that he enjoyed sharing cider with. Yeah, and he was trying to uh, trying to impress her with uh, wittily written letters. He was trying to show off to every free veg. Yeah. Uh, he says, this does sound different to Sam's situation as Len seems to enjoy the banter, but wanted to share my experience with a maverick parent. Is that what you are, Sam? A maverick parent, do you think? Uh, no, I don't think I'd go that no. far. Because if you think Not about it, this is one example of me trying something that was a bit na- maverick and yeah. it got shut down straight away by yeah. my wife who yeah. overheard and made us rub it out in front of her. So if, That's I, the thing, if I was maverick, I would have gone through with it. Yeah. And it was the only time I've tried anything like this. Yeah, you've you've got the strong female influence there to keep you in check, whereas this fella's just got this um, graduate girlfriend who's, who's shit-faced on cider. Yeah, she's just giggling um, like... Ah, yeah, that'd be a laugh. Yeah, yeah. put that. Yeah. His young floozy girlfriend. Mm. So um, he says, just want to share my experience with the Maverick parent and agree with Andy that it is quite unnecessary. Yeah, Best all right. Well, I appreciate that because I did ask the canters for some honest feedback and now I've got it and I think I, I'm happy that I didn't go through with the uh, homework banter. Good. I mean, God, in that fucking Mount Vesuvius Pompeii homework... If I hadn't been discouraged last week by you and now by the cunters, I probably would have gone, Here, Len, stick a picture into this geezer wanking. That'll cheer the teacher up. They won't believe it. Yeah. Everyone got preserved when they were, whatever they was doing when them volcano erupted, right? They were sort of frozen in time doing it. And one of them was having one off the wrist, the cheeky cunt. Anyway, TTFN, Len's dad. Oh, no, sorry, I mean Len. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that would have been awful it would have been awful for len and awful for the teacher and so i'm glad that you all intervened um yeah, that's what we're here for sam have you read this email from the bloke who went to australia and got a job as a fisherman uh i have yeah yeah all right so basically he, he's in he's in australia I'll, I'll it's long so i'll do i'll sort of summarize all right He's, he was going round on a trip around Australia and he, he was skint, so he got a job as a fisherman on a fishing boat, but he mm. had no experience. And all the rest of the fishermen, you can imagine Aussie fishermen, quite a rough bunch, and they all called him Pommy, English, or Joe Root, um, uh, which he said wasn't that bad <laughs> as nicknames go. And uh, he, pretty early on, it was clear that the experienced crew members were using some tricks to make mugs out of me and the other newbies. Mm. Uh, but no one actually managed to get me. I I thought perhaps they had a soft spot for me. I was a Brit and I was a guest in their country. But one morning I was in the galley having breakfast and someone shouted, Harry, get out here. It was Jethro, the chain-smoking leader of the deckies. I want you to move the stern line to the back right of the boat behind the conveyor belt, which was something that was used to bring tuna onto the boat. No problem, Jethro, I said. 
Diligently, I dashed to pick the line up and worked my way with it to behind the conveyor belt. This is where I came face to face with the boat's engineer, hanging off the edge of the boat, taking a shit. We made a second's eye contact, which I know will be scorched into my memory until the day I die, before he started screaming obscenities at me. Doesn't say what they were. Fuck off, you, pu- yeah. you pommy weirdo. Can't you see I'm having a crap? Right? That, that's just me imagining what he might have said. Taken aback, I dropped the line and backed away, turning to retreat to the safety of the galley, upon where I saw the entire crew, including the skipper, laughing at me. who would come, who'd come away from the fucking cockpit of the boat yeah all to just have a laugh high five and a high five in each other needless to say the nicknames got far worse after that incident now you know harry and yeovil what's interesting about this is is that how weird are these australians that they have gone to quite great lengths to trick you into seeing another man have a shit the joke really is on the other man not on you do you know what i mean yeah it's not yeah, like and so, kind of on them because if that's what they think is, is entertainment. Funny. So they've gone to and, huge uh, lengths to arrange a fucking prank whereby one man sets eyes upon another man shitting into the sea. And yeah. I don't see why the joke's on you because it's like, yeah. I mean, it was like that time I saw a Portuguese farm man doing a shit. I told you that story years ago on the age ago on the podcast. We've all. Yeah come across someone doing a shit before it's not pleasant but you you move on don't you pretty quickly you try to you try to move on it's um, not like a big deal i mean if you think about it you see dog shit in all the time some of us see, i mean you probably see a dog shit in every day and that yeah. in a way is more disgusting because that is a a, a beast a dirty animal shitting in, in the wild itself yeah well, in my garden, yeah, same thing. So what I'm uh, saying is is that, Harry, the joke's on them because that, also, they're fucking weirdos. You watch UK, you saw an engineer doing a shit. He's the one who will probably be ashamed. I mean, I've told you before, I have regular dreams about shitting in public and then I investigated them through an yeah. analyst and it turns yeah. out that the reason that's been a recurring dream throughout my adult life is that it is rooted in a deep sense of shame. All right. About what? Well, I don't know. Just, just that's, all sorts. That's, that's the big question, mate. That is the big, that's the the big unanswerable. I'm ashamed of something, but what that the is, question don't know. That, um, the other question that brings up for me is how many people were uh, frozen in molten lava while having a shit yeah. at Pompeii? We don't hear about that. We hear about the wanker. Of course we do. Not about the shitters. Yeah, because that gets the easy headlines. That's the yeah. mass, that's the mainstream media for you. They'll go for yeah, the easy headline, totally. man wanking in Pompeii, but they don't yeah. tell the more difficult truths like man doing a shit in Pompeii. Having a shit. Makes you think, doesn't it? It does. And we'll wrap this one up with this just very quick email from JW, uh, Kunta JW. He says, uh, thought it might be worth pointing out that Roy Keane's Wu-Tang name is Violent Ambassador. Very good. Very good, very Make of that what you will. Yeah. Thanks for that. There we go. Right, keep the emails and that coming in. Make them good, though, yeah? Cheers. Bye. Bye. Ever 
catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 